this murder. I am your detective, Danny. And I am your crime scene criminal and witnesses, Bill. This is part two of the in-flight incident. In part one, I was set on a small plane to Copperton, where I sat next to cowboy businessman Keith. The flight was marred by a few minor incidents, a spilled drink, some food allergy complaints, and a flight attendant's skirt catching fire. And one rather major incident after all this chaos, the death of Cowboy Keith. All right, so Cowboy Keith is dead. I'm bummed out. I'm Why so did sorry. you give him such the ability I to can't... have conversation with me? What were you thinking? I'm sorry. Should we go back and re-record episode one and make him like this? Yes, I, miss... I have three businesses. You know what? I missed the flight. I have two businesses. This is and what three someone ex-wives. else is telling me happened. Also, I eat puppies. I murder. I boil them in their own juices. All right. Well, I think this mystery solved. <laughs> Classic case of suicide. <laughs> yes, Cowboy Keith is dead. So you're on the plane. Do you tell people when you find this body? I'm going to do what I absolutely should do and wait for the flight attendant to get herself under control and then quietly call her over. And actually, you know what? No, 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 no. That was my original plan. I don't trust her after this incident. She makes a scene. I'm going to take a quick step out of my seat, go over to Mr. Heath. Okay, you go over to Mr. Heath, you walk a few... A couple rows down and you yeah, see him sitting in his... He's, so this is his business, business associate. associate. Business associate of, uh, of Keith Moser. Mm-hmm. He's bald, wearing a suit. He's got documents all piled up on his lap in the seat next to him. He looks up at you and he says, yes. Hey, uh, okay. Tricky question here. You don't happen to be a doctor, do you? I have a doctorate in business administration. Of course. You is know. that what Look, you're talking about? You know Mr. Moser. Sitting next to me, right? Yes, a, Something... spe- a, 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 p- a pinnacle of health, a lovely, robust man. One who could never die. What would you like to tell me about him? Nothing. Um, I just wanted to know more about you. Thanks. All good. All right, I've got to go to the flight attendant. This didn't work at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. It just says, <laughs> yes, Mr. Moser, the pinnacle of health, one who could never die. <laughs> well, you know what they say about folks who can never die. Yes. They only live on in song. Oh, wait, what do you mean? I give him some hand gestures and just... He follows you? He follows you to your seat. He looks down at the body of Keith Moser. I point at my arm as well that has the slight blood on it. And he says... Oh, I don't know how to talk to civilians about this stuff. Oh my god. Um, oh my gosh, he's dead. Says it a little too loud and the people nearby hear. And it's a small plane. News travels fast on a 20-seat plane. You hear the flight attendant goes, what? He's dead? The old woman looks up. Oh my God, he's dead. The person at the front is still asleep. And the two people at the back are standing standing up, the nervous guy and the Orient Express boy. I'm, I quickly put his scarf back over him so that it's a little, and, and put the hat back so it's a little harder to see thing. So just so that the death is a little less graphic. Sure, you cover up the the gore of the death, and Taylor Taylor Heath says, "Oh, oh my! How did this happen?" No idea. Everyone, uh, hang back a little. Please don't crowd this. That's don't, one everybody, thing everybody I know. Everybody, sit. Don't crowd. Don't crowd, everybody. Yeah, I mean, the first other lesson of uh, murder scenes is nobody. Got nobody get too close, but nobody leave either. Well, we can't. Yeah, so I. <laughs> you see, you see uh, the old woman's like, her hand is on the emergency exit. She's got a bat. She's got a parachute on. Oh, oh okay. Sits back down. 
As for how this happened, all I got so far is there was a fire happening and apparently, man, apparently a fire is like a really good distraction. I didn't notice a thing. He died during the fire? I mean, that's my best guess. He was rolling oh, no. around and moving and talking not too long before it. It oh feels God. like that makes sense. Now. But who, who are you? Why are you taking charge of you, this Sorry, you didn't hear the PA at the airport? Like, called... You're Detective Danny? Thank you. Come oh, well, on. Look, we'll leave it in your hands. You're obviously best suited for this business. Um, do you need any... Oh, my God. I'm just going to sit back down. Who's saying that? This is all Mr. Heath. Okay. Thank you to Patreon donor Taylor Heath. Yes, thank you so much. Every name in this is a Patreon donor, by the way, everybody. <laughs> when you hear your name, if you're listening at home, just say, woo! One of you is a murder hole. One of you is a murder E. All right, so first things first. Okay, everyone, just back to your seats. You know how this works. You've seen movies. Come on. Just All right. Sit. Sit. Okay, stay. okay, whoa, whoa. Stay. Flight attendant. Stay. Flight attendant Are backs off and stays. Nervous guy sits in his seat. No food for anyone. Okay. Oh. Not oh, yet. Okay, no food. No, that's fine. No food. Right. That's fine. I'm going to just take a look, trying to avoid some of the blood. I want to take a look at the body a little bit more. Yeah, what exactly sure. happened here? I can see that it was a... Blunt or sharp force trauma. So you look closer at the body. Everyone's still sitting in their seats. You don't need to worry about weird things going on. We're kind of in interview and, and examination <laughs> mode now. No one's going to come up behind you and <laughs> hit you with a blunt object. Oh, good. You're looking at the body you're examining. You pull the... the... Sorry, I should have said. Okay, um, flight attendant and old friendly lady, you watch me. Don't listen to me, but watch me. All right, they watch. You know what? Everyone just go in a circle. Watch the person to your left. <laughs> Except Everybody's the looking at each other. Not you. If you're the murderer, turn yourself in. You haven't asked them to turn themselves <laughs> in yet. You look at the body, you pull the blanket back, you take the hat off, and clearly, yes, look, you're not a doctor, but you've been involved in enough murder cases and, and dead bodies to notice that when someone has a big, bloody welt at the back of their head, mm. it seems like blunt force trauma to the back of their head. One single blow. And that bled far enough to get to the armrest. Took a little while. Nasty. It sort of just dripped down. It's because you share an armrest, so it sort of dripped yeah. down and, and pulled a little there. There is not a huge amount of bleeding, but there is some. And clearly, yes, that, that I mean, it looks like that's the thing that killed him. Do I have any sense of how large a thing it is or to, whether it looked like a small thing? I don't have a clue how it easy looks, that is to tell. It's not necessarily super easy to tell, but it looks large enough that, for example, it goes like there's a welt across the entirety of the back of his head. Hmm. So it's as wide as his head at least. One thing that is interesting is on your examination, there's nothing else around that looks like he was caught while fighting. Like his clothes are fairly hmm. neat. It's not heavily ruffled. He's still got his belt on. He hasn't... Like, it hasn't caught up on his clothes or like he was twisting around and it's put his shirt's tucked in. So yeah. it doesn't seem like he was struggling and fighting and maybe that's something you would have noticed over the fire distraction as well. One would think. So it seems like it may have been fairly instant or at least there was no signs of struggle. How's his... Uh, what are the headrests like on this plane? Like, is this the sort of thing where his head would be sticking up over it a bit so it wouldn't have been too hard to access or would he have had to be leaning forward? He's a big guy. He probably would have been a little bit up over it, maybe leaning forward a little bit. I mean, there was a fire happening. But you could come up, could it does seem like you could be behind him and, and, and mm. hit. Yeah. Good it is old true that nobody sitting in the seats behind us. No, C1 nobody was sitting two. in the seats behind you. 
All right. So what I've got out of this so far, a few things. Does he still have his uh, one lone whiskey glass around? The one that he was left with the, yeah, has been completely drunk. drunk. It was yeah, sure. drunk fairly quickly. The glass is not around. The flight attendant hadn't noticed, at the very least, or wasn't on fire when she was collecting things at your <laughs> row and did take that glass from you. Okay, so it left by normal means. It left by normal means. It may well be attainable. Mm. The one that fell as well may be attainable somewhere as well. It was cleared up by the flight attendant and taken into the kitchen area. Yep, yep, sure. But when you're looking around for those sorts of things, you do notice something quite important. Ooh. Underneath his seat, having rolled a little bit, you see a large, heavy, black mag light, like a torch, those big, heavy, almost baton-style torches, which is covered on one side with Moser blood. Oh, no. Man, what's so unique about his blood that I knew that? It's brown. It's made of oil and uh, and, and horse blood. tallow. You assume it's Moser blood because no one else is bleeding. Mm. But I suppose it could be covered in someone else's blood and just happened to have fallen behind. This is science, Bill. You can't make assumptions. This is not science. This is criminology. <laughs> We've discussed this. All right, all right. I didn't know that he had anything in particular on him at the time, did I? What do you mean? Like he never got out any. Like he, he, I never saw him writing in his diary. For no, instance. no, he didn't. Like, <laughs> let me just take my letter opener out and open these letters. Oh, and my large torch. I'll use it yep. to shine light on these documents I'm reading. Mm. No, he didn't seem to have anything. He probably has a wallet and a phone and things in his pockets, but he didn't interact with any objects while you were talking with him. Sure. Probably worthwhile taking just a quick peek at the wallet, make sure he is who he says he is and everything. You look at his wallet, he is who he says he is. Great. I put it back very visibly. You very visibly put his wallet back. And then the old woman turns to Taylor and says, I think she took his wallet. I think she gave him a wallet. (laughs) All right. All right. Unconventional, unpleasant one next. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Okay. You head to the bathroom. I just want to look around because, again, you cannot rule out maybe he hit his head while he was in the bathroom and it just had some delayed effects. That's fair. You will say you didn't notice any bleeding when he returned. No, he would have had to not. shuffle right in, in front of you. He's wearing um, a hat. He is wearing a hat. You look around the bathroom. It's a fairly small, plain bathroom. There's a toilet. There's a sink. There's a little bin. There's a mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like a bathroom. There's no blood in the bathroom. If you're looking for something that he's like hit his head on, there's no, there's no uh, shelf no blood, with no dents, blood on the bathroom. No cracks yeah, no in blood, the tiles. No dents, no cracks tiles, in the tiles. Probably not tiles. In the anything plastic. In the, I don't want to go too deep into the bin, but anything. You reach into the bin to look around, and you do see something in the bin. There's paper that people have washed their hands mm-hmm. with. But deep in, there's also some broken glass. You can't quite fully make up what it would have been. Like, it doesn't look like it was a drinking glass or anything like that. The pieces are fairly small, but, yeah, you find some broken glass in there. Right. Not my glasses, that's for sure. No, no. Not, it, doesn't look, it wouldn't look like glasses either. No, but mine are one and a half inches thick. Oh, yes. These are, this is much thinner glass. Curious. All right. I'll be on the lookout for that. I didn't notice anyone else using the bathroom during the trip, did I? I mean, I'll just ask them later if I didn't. You didn't notice anyone else use the bathroom. All right. So I'm just going to walk to the flight attendant and say, he just had a curiosity. Are you telling the pilots about this? Oh, 
Oh my god, you're right. I should. I, don't I should. Know. Tell I just don't know protocol for this. Do, do they need to know? Look, they should probably know. They should call ahead. Well, well hold, hold on. Let's let's not. You don't be want to too tell the pilot? Well, we've only been in the air for like two hours. Yeah. That means we're still closer to our point of origin than our destination. Don't want to turn around. Oh. Can you give it like forty-five more minutes? I mean, you're the detective, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose I could do that. I mean, you can also tell them to slow down. We don't want to arrive too quickly and give anyone a chance to run away. But, yeah. Oh. I'm just, maybe I'll just not talk to them. Yeah, yeah. And let them continue life as usual. I mean, neither of them came out at any point, did they? No, they've been in their, yeah, in their cockpit the whole time. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so you've been aware of people's comings and goings from the front of the plane. I mean, I, I suppose so. It's a plane. There's not really any comings or goings. I mean, there's a bathroom. There's yes. Come on, two people came up to you with their allergy notifications. I suppose that would classify as a coming, yes. Get your head in the game. What's uh, your name? Okay, um, my name is Maggie. All right. Maggie. What do you want to know? You just sort of give me a vague statement about the concept of comings and goings. I told you to get your head in the my, game. Okay, my head... She, she goes... <laughs> slaps herself. All right, my head's in the game. What do you need to know? I'll help you solve this crime. Deputize me. How many uh, deaths have you had on planes before? Oh, none. Really? I hear it's not all that... I mean, I, no, it's not all that uncommon on cruises, but it seems to oh, happen Oh, when on I planes. worked on a cruise ship, there was a death every 20 minutes. Yeah. That's why I got on to, moved on to the plane industry. <laughs> so what, what have you been told? What's the protocol for you in this situation? Because, you know, I, I shouldn't really be telling you what to do. Look, I, I should probably inform the pilots... They could then inform the people where, where, where we're landing, who could prepare a, a, an ambulance or, or a police car. I don't know what happens in case of a murder. We're really trained more about... To be fair, we have had no concrete evidence that this is a murder just yet. Oh. We can't make any assumptions. Okay, that's good. I have good. to keep telling you this. All right, well, if it's... I mean, that's not that good. It's still a dead man. Then I guess yeah. they're going to... This is the thing. It could have just been gross incompetence on behalf of the airline. Oh, I hope not. So that's why I need to know. We're trying to figure out exactly what you did to make sure that you did everything right so that none of this liability will fall on you, okay? Okay, well then so that's I why should... you just got to tell me everything. Uh, uh, Unless you did something wrong. Wait. And then you'd want to lie to me. Hold on. I'm, I'm losing track. What do you want to know? <laughs> the protocol or what happened today? Do you want to know about the comings and the goings? Or do you want me to call the pilots? <laughs> I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to figure out and mess with the head. You've done I it. Guess. You've succeeded. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Why don't I just give you my life savings? You can use it to solve the crime. All right, all right, let's start over. Okay. Tell me your movements during the flight so far. Oh, oh all right. So I welcomed everybody aboard. They all, they all sat down and I welcomed you. Um, Any order? Who, where, when did Keith come on in relation to everyone else? Oh, um, I think Keith and Taylor came on together. And they came on in the middle of the pack, I think. I mean, there are only like six people. It's exactly. Not much of a pack. I think Lacey came on first. Uh, that's the, the older woman sitting in row C. Okay. And then uh, I think then it was Jamie, the woman in the front. There. Okay. Then it would have been uh, Keith and Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm so sorry, the other two, uh, Daniel and Jake, I don't know which order they came. They were the last two on. I don't know who came on first. Understood, understood. All right, so you greeted and then everybody. You, then, of course, you came yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you sat next to, to Keith? I did. How did that happen? Why didn't I get a row to myself? Well, you didn't select it at checkout. 
It's an extra $10 charge for you to select your own seat. This makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so we just randomly assigned you a seat next to somebody else. Man, Keith and Taylor were traveling together, but they deliberately chose different things so that they could have aisles to themselves. Whoops. Yes. Um, yeah, they do do that a lot as well. I think Taylor likes to have space to work. <laughs> but yeah, so, so everyone arrived, and then you all sat down. The flight started. We, we taxied. There was apparently going to be some some issues with turbulence, so I uh, so I was getting talking with the pilots. Uh, make, then I made sure all the, all the food was in the right places and everything was ready. I took the orders. Apparently, there was some allergy issues with it hadn't come up. So so um, yeah, they paid ten dollars to get the good seats on their own, but they didn't bother to do the allergy information. Tell me about this. So Daniel and Lacey came up. They had some allergy issues. Mm-hmm. Lacey had a tomato. Allergy? Oof. Daniel had a lactose intolerance or allergy or something. I'm, not, I'm never quite sure how that works. He didn't like lactose. I, I told Daniel there's no lactose in anything. He seemed, he seemed satisfied. I, I told Lacey that there was no tomato. But Daniel did suggest I go through with Lacey over every line to make sure that she could see all the ingredients on each thing to show her definitely there was no tomato in everything. So oh. I kind of went over that with... Did, did they know each other? Seemed... I don't know. I, maybe he thought she looked a bit uncertain... She might have looked a bit uncertain. I, I, I'm not so good with, 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 with things like that sometimes. But he made me go over that with her. Well, he asked me. He didn't make me. So we went through that line by line. Um, so she was happy so she could get back to her seat. And then they went back to the... Well, I think Daniel used the bathroom. Lacey went back to her seat. They sat down. Immediately I, after this allergy talk, he went over to the bathroom. Yes, yeah. I think okay. I was still going over some stuff with, with Lacey, I think. He went to the bathroom and then... They sit, went back down, I delivered the drinks, and I came back out to clean after Keith spilled his glass. Yeah, that's right. You were you like got down on your hands and knees between the seats to try to mop some of that up. Yes. I, I assume you were too distracted to notice anything. W- was there anything else under the seats? Under the seat? No, I was, I was distracted. Do you think you would have noticed if there was something out of place under there? I think so. I've seen the, under, the, the bottom of these seats a lot. I have to clean the plane. Mm. What sort of thing were you thinking of? A big knife? A gun? I mean, yeah, exactly. I didn't see a big knife or a okay, gun. Okay, okay. And then I went back. I sat up here in my little seat. What do flares look like? Flares? Plain, plain flares. They look like orange. Oh, okay. Forget it then. Dynamite sticks. Right, right. You pull the, the top off and it goes... All right, so you cleaned it up. You took the fallen glass with you at yes. that point? Yes, I took that. It's, it's sitting in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then I came back out to collect all the rubbish. I went down the aisle. I picked up the, the, gla- the used glasses and any else thing other people had. I came back to the front and... Anyone else have drinks? Yes. Mr. Heath ordered just some water. Mm-hmm. And Jake, I think, had a, a, a lemonade or... A lemonade, yes. And then, so I picked up all the all the rubbish. I, I came back to the front, and then I noticed the 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 fire. My my skirt was on fire, and I mean, at that point, you were as involved as I was. Everybody <laughs> came up and and helped me get it out. And, and yeah, since now then, I've forgotten. You weren't still carrying the rubbish. You dumped that at the back or something. Well, I was just in the process of putting you it into the front, hold- and when I okay, noticed still- my, my my dress. Right, right. So, um, where did the rubbish go? Did you keep your hands on it at all times? Well, oh, no, no. It would have just been in front of me. Oh, it was on the rolly thingy. It was on the rolly trolley. thingy. A trolley, yes. A trolley of rubbish. Right, right. Okay. Um, and so I suppose, yeah, I, look, once we were all calmed down, I, I just pushed it back into the kitchenette area and, and then you called me over here to tell you about all of the things I just said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Can I go back into the bathroom? Thank you. Thank you. You've been very helpful. Yes, you can go back into the bathroom. Cool. I'm going to go back into the bathroom. You go back into the bathroom. That glass again. <laughs> Where did I leave that? Uh, well, you said it was in the bin. I guess you just left it in the bin. Can I try to use some of the paper towels to carefully you can extract take it out piece the by glass. piece? Yes. How flat is this glass? How flat is the glass? I suppose not entirely flat. There are some curves. Most bits. of the glass bits are quite thin mm-hmm. and curved. Mm, excellent. That's what I was hoping. Why? Because that feels. Very much like a small tube, a very small, narrow bottle, something like that, that could have been an unfortunate addition to a whiskey or something along those lines that someone could have just had in their pocket, tipped out, gone into a bathroom and thrown away the evidence. Interesting. Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media Network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. If you want to try your hand at solving this murder yourself, send your current theory in to solvethismurderpod at gmail.com and you may end up on our wall of detectives. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Wit from the podcast Advanced Sage Russian Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening. <laughs>